I was 20. You were 20 years old when I met you. Yeah. And you, we, we, I used to joke that you were a wog. <laughs> you remember you did. that? Woman of God. Woman of God. At least that's what you were hoping. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to a brand new, hot off the press, fresher than fresh. It is a new day dawning here, a podcast, and I'm going to call it the Kim Peak Podcast. And this is my catchphrase. Everybody needs a little Kimspiration. Let's welcome Kim Ray, Kimberly Ray, your whole name. There Peak. you go. There you go. Thank you, honey. Wow. What an introduction. Wow. You're going to call the host honey? I am. <laughs> okay, everybody. This is a brand new uh, podcast. This is uh, Kim's idea. It's her bailiwick. She wants to start sharing and start talking about the things that are on her heart. And she really wants to focus on doing a podcast that inspires women. That's why I call it Kimspiration. Kimspiration. There you yeah, go. What, so what do you want to do? Sounds like a little lofty to me, Kimspiration. Basically, what I want to do is I want to see women thrive in their faith, in their family and in their work, whether they're at home or working at a career or working at a career at home, whatever it is, they're working. And all of these things have been so devalued, I feel like, in our society. We do need inspiration. We need to mm -hmm. be able to see the importance of these and see what lies are coming against these things in our society so that we can thrive and our families can thrive. So uh, you really want to help women in particular. Yes. And why do you think you have something to share with women? Women that will inspire them. Ah, well, I've made lots of mistakes along the way I could <laughs> okay. share. And I know we'll talk about our parenting some and, and, um, we'll talk about things that worked and things that, you know, needed a take two, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and I think that's valuable. And I think one of the biggest reasons is I just think that it's not like I'm like the one with expertise to share with other women. It's that we as women are in this journey and we can share our stories and we can share the truth that we have found that works in our life to make our life work. But I think there's a lot of insights that uh, you have gained. I think your your faith has really shaped how you uh. think about things and how you've processed through various experiences in your life. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Talk about how your faith has formed the way you think about what it means to be a woman. That's a great question. So I think faith sometimes, um, and when we talk about faith for women, it can almost be like we look down on women, right? Like mm -hmm. men are the, the head and women are, are lower. And I think really as women, faith, the Christian faith frees us to be all that we were fully created to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that in our relationships and, and in our work, right? Our, our family, everything about us, um, even our pursuits and our passions individually, you know, all of those are, are dreams and seeds that God has planted in who he created us to be. And we only fully realize them when we live on a foundation of faith. And for me, that has really been, um, prayer 
you know, on a daily mm-hmm. basis and learning the word of God. And, and, you know, sometimes there's a verse you can hold on to and it's almost like the mantra, right? I mean, there's so much now about mantras and, and positive thinking and all these things mm-hmm. when they're not based on Christianity, maybe they help a little, but when they're based on God's truth, they are powerful and they see us through and they bring us through what we're going through. Mm, That's excellent. So faith has really helped you understand how to experience the fullness of what it means to be a woman. And so you have a real passion about faith and you've been inspired by faith. You have a long history of uh, pursuing God. I mean, I met you and you, how old were you when I met you? 21, 20, Uh, 20? No, you were, I was 20. You were 20 years old when I met you. Yeah. And you, we, we, I used to joke that you were a wog. Do you remember <laughs> you that? Woman of God. Woman of God. At least that's what you were hoping. <laughs> no, I mean, you were there, baby. Uh, tell me a little bit about family, though. Why Why do you want women to be inspired in their family? Oh, I think this is so crucial. It's crucial anyway, but in everything we're facing today, it's even more valuable and powerful when a woman puts her family first. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, faith is a foundation. So everything is based on that. Um, and, and I think that a couple of things, I think motherhood has been totally devalued in our society. And I think that's such a shame because motherhood for me is the most important thing I've ever done in my life. It's my most important role. Mm -hmm. And that gets lost sometimes. And that gets lost for a few reasons, right? I mean, when you say men can be women, men can turn into women, they can be pregnant, men can become women and be in women's sports. I mean, all those things degrade women. Mm. I don't know why the feminists in our country are not standing against this, coming out, having their marches against this. I mean, this is crazy, honestly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we have to stand up and, and, those things are lies, number one, but number two, when they kind of seep into the news, they seep into our culture, they seep into entertainment, then they are degrading the very value of women and what a woman is. And all that gets trickled down, or I don't even know if it's trickled down, it gets, you know, applied to our roles in our families, either as a wife or as a mother. And we have to realize I'm the only wife you have. Mm-hmm. I'm the only mother my kids have. You know, I work at a at a tech company, right? A Fortune 100 company. That's great. I have a great job. It's a blessing. They could get 50 people to replace me in a month, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. they could. I mean, hopefully they don't want to, but yeah, I mean, they, sure. they, they could, right? Yes. But if I'm not taking my role as my priority in my family, being a mom, being a wife, that is going to significantly detrimentally affect my family. You can't be replaced. I cannot be replaced. You only have one mom. You only have one mom. Now, I don't want to say that. I mean, we know there are situations where, you know, a mother has passed away or for whatever reason, a mother's not there, right? A mother's taken away or walks away from her family. God is a God of redemption. If, if that family follows him, he is going to, you know, 
redeem the situation. Redeem the situation in some way. So I don't want to say that if that mom is not there, that everything's going to hell. I, Mm -hmm. I am not saying that. Right. But what I am saying is when we are there, that is our priority. And by keeping it a priority and valuing that, then when those situations happen that are outliers or fall short, what happens is everyone who honors that steps up and tries and God uses those things to inspire and bring it about because you only have one mom and everybody agrees. If you lose your mom in an untimely way, it has a devastating result on the family. Exactly. And a couple of other things I want to say about that. There are a few things that have happened in my life. Number one, being a wife and a mom as a Christian and following God first, is a sacrifice sometimes. Mm-hmm. It really is. No. Yeah. You know, it is. And, and I think, you know, the the idea in our society is that you can have it all, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to sacrifice. You shouldn't sacrifice. Um, you should be able to do what you want to do to fulfill yourself. And you know what? That's true to a point. But the, again, there are times I've had to sacrifice when our um, first two kids, we had a gap there and then another kid, which I'm sure we'll talk about sometime. But when I was in my 20s and we had our first two kids, they were a year and a half apart and I stayed home with them. And there were some days I didn't feel the most fulfilled, you know, changing diapers and picking up Legos. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that was the most important thing I could be doing at that time. Right. And one commitment we made as a couple before we had kids is that as much as within our power, one of us would always be available to our kids. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure if they were at school, if they were at a friend's house, if they were at home, wherever they were, whatever's going on, they knew mom and or dad would be there. Boom. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was so important to us. That's a sacrifice that sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Number two being a wife, right? I mean, um, you're obviously a minister and as a minister, you have crazy hours sometimes and it would be a sacrifice for me sometimes. I remember one Labor Day weekend. The, rem- the reason I remember that is because my birthday fell on that weekend mm-hmm. and there was a crisis at church with a family. It totally blew up and you were gone almost every waking hour of that weekend. And I remember sitting on the couch part of that weekend, just, I mean, just feeling totally deflated, right? It was my birthday. And instead of us doing something fun, I was at home with the kids over a weekend, which I was all week anyway. anyway. And here I was on a holiday weekend on my birthday, all by myself. That was not a fun weekend for me. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's the sacrifice. That's a commitment we made. And you know what? I wouldn't change that. It mm-hmm. wasn't fun but I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't have changed it then. And I wouldn't change it looking back on it. I have no regrets, but I think we need to encourage and inspire women that are raising kids. You are doing an incredible thing, Mm. right? So what do you think right now? It just seems like what you're describing uh, would say that women are taught and told that, look, these, 
you're not meant to live this way. This isn't the most important thing to you. So there's these ideologies out there that are really undermining women. It, and uh, talk about that real quick. What kind of things do you think are really hurting women when it comes to them being the best they can be for their families? Right. Well, I, I think really I would sum it up in some of the uh, things I've already said. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I mean, for me, um, when my kids were young, that was my priority. I mean, nothing else trumped that. I mean, obviously what we were, our our relationship, you know, and the kids were right there, but I couldn't let other things get in the way of that, whether it was my own passions, whether it was my own pursuits, whether it was um, wanting to have more time for myself. And I'm not saying to be unhealthy, right? There is a balance there. And I think we should talk about that sometime as well. That does not mean you become a doormat. That does not mean you become unhealthy, right? It does not mean you forget all boundaries so that you just, you know, you, you live in chaos because you have to be there for everyone. But most people can't, uh, take care of themselves. Well, they get off track and in these extreme areas because they haven't clarified their core values. And what you're saying is that the best self care that you can have is understand the importance you have in your family. And there's ideologies that are undermining that. And, and so keep going. Yeah. Well, I think another one is devaluing marriage, right? I mean, that only works. You can only be a healthy wife and mom if you have that relationship with your husband, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so you're able to take care of yourself as you're taking care of your family. Um, So I think just this devaluing of the family, of moms, of dads, um, you know, we're sitting here in the week that um, the... the school shooting just happened in Uvalde, Texas. In Uvalde, Texas, yeah, this past week, a young man, 18 years old, went in and shot 20 kids and two teachers and killed them. Yeah, and you know, always the conversation that happens is looking at the shooter's life, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we don't, I mean, I don't know the whole story, obviously, but there's already some reports out that you know, his, his family was, um, broken in some ways. Yes, um, yes. his parents had, um, some run-ins with the law, mm-hmm. you know, he, um, he had a conflict with his grandma. I, I mean, we, we hear from what we know, there was a lot of chaos. Yes. Now I point that out because we don't know. I don't know what happened there. I, I don't want to judge that situation, but what I do want to say is what I do know is that us being there with our kids, with our family, working together as husband and wife to raise our kids in a healthy way is going to be the best option to raise awesome kids that are going to be great adults, great people, and be able to help them be healthy themselves. And I think that's really important. What kind of, what other kind of ideologies do you think are undermining women and their role is, uh, is a mother in their lives? What, what does the world tell women to prioritize over their commitment to their children? Yeah. The, the idea I think of career, right. Or having it all. Um, I'm a firm believer that, you can't necessarily have it all at the same time. So you right? might be able to have it all, but you can't have it all at once. Right. And and me sitting here with two of our kids married, right? The other okay. one going to be a senior in high school. I mean, 
we're near the end of the raising children phase. Yes. I realize how quickly it goes. Yes. Right. And I didn't start my career with um, the the tech company that I work for now until um, our oldest son was going into college and our um, daughter was a senior in high school. Why don't you explain a little bit about your career path? Yeah. <laughs> so my career path is is not like the normal career path. And I, I think the the great thing about the example of what I experienced is it shows you don't have to go to college, get out of college, get a job, a full-time job, and work at it forever in order to just have a really great experience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think that's one thing my example shows. Um, I graduated from college with a degree in secondary education mathematics and taught math until we had our first son. And then I stayed at home and then I worked on getting my master's degree. I figured that I would time it perfectly because I'm a planner, as you know, much to your chagrin sometimes. Um, I'm a planner. And so I was going to have my master's degree done in education about the time our older two kids we're in, in school. Full, full-time school. So I could teach, be on their same schedule. We could keep a lot of our core values as parents, as a family, and I could go back and, and work and do something besides change diapers. So that was my plan. My plan was on track. And then I got pregnant with our third child <laughs> nine years later. So what ended up happening is I graduated with my master's degree in May of 2005 and in June of 2005 we had our third child yes and I remember I kind of had a bad attitude about it at times I thought well this is just a phantom master's degree it's never gonna do anything I'm gonna change diapers forever not that I wasn't excited about having a child but I was just like why did I even get this master's degree you know why did I even do it it's it's Mm -hmm. not gonna do anything it was Mm -hmm. just wasted well a year after I had my child I was able to start subcontracting for this tech company. And over time I started doing more and more until I became an employee. And now I have a job that I never could have dreamed about having when you first met me. I Mm -hmm. never would have seen myself having this job in business development. And it's amazing, right? And so my career path was like this, but I honestly believe God honored that because we but having our kids and the priority being raising them nonstop, we didn't break that commitment. So it says in scripture that the Lord is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He provides. It says in uh, Jesus, it says in Matthew 6, uh, verse 32, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. So you ended up in a, you were thinking about just being a teacher, right? right exactly. Yeah. I figured I would just be a teacher, you know, forever because I could have my kids schedule. Yeah. And then, but what happened is you started working from home as a contractor. Yeah. And I started at 10 hours a week. That's all I could handle with a, with a one-year-old and two kids that had a lot of activities going on. And then, but over time it kind of grew, you were faithful. I went from 10 hours to 20 hours to 30 hours all as a contractor. Mm -hmm. And then I, I moved to become an employee and And before you did that though, you renegotiated your contract. Yeah. Tell them that story. Well, and, and this kind of goes into thriving, um, at work. 
right? Yeah. With women driving at work. And it's a well-known stat that women are not good at negotiating their salaries. I mean, yes. compared to men. I, yes. I mean, that's pretty well known, pretty well based. Even yes. you would agree with that. Absolutely. Stat. Research says that, and, that and women are poor negotiators yeah, when it comes to their salary. And you're pretty suspect of um, stats. So it's saying something that you buy into that one. Yes, 100%. But, but I was a contractor for this tech company. And over time, you know, I talked to a few other contractors and they shared with me what, what they were charging. And it was way below, like ha- double what I was charging. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten more and more responsibility. The, uh, the projects that I reported to a manager on over time, they had had me take over the yeah, project. They got bigger and bigger. So I, um, just decided I, I talked with you and, and you supported me. I said, you know, Doug, I'm going to ask for a 40% raise for this next year's contract. And if they don't give it to me, I'm going to find something else. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it. And you were on board and I was nervous to, to do it. And I went to my um, manager at the company I contracted for and I told him this and I could tell he was not happy to take this up the chain to his manager. Was not, yeah. He was not happy about it, but he did. I mean, what else could he do? And so I remember one day I was, I was driving. I think I was going to get the kids or something and, or just drop them off somewhere. And my phone rang and I saw that it was the head of the company. Yeah. The head of the company. So I pulled over and I was very nervous and I was glad it was on the phone. So they couldn't see that I was nervous. And, um, I answered the phone and she said, hi, this is Ty. And I said, hi. And she goes, so hi, Ty. Hi, Ty. <laughs> she said, so I hear that you want a 40% increase in your contract next year. And all I said was, yes, I do. And then I made myself be quiet because <laughs> I knew whatever I said after that would just be rambling and go nowhere. And so she paused and she goes, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to uh, tell you, tell the company that that's what we want. And if they won't do it, we're going to give up the contract. And I said, well, I don't expect you to do that. I mean, this was their business, right? I mean, they were making money on this contract. She said, nope, that's what we're going to do. And I said, well, I appreciate that. And if they don't agree, I just want you to know I'm not going to come in at the 11th hour and say, okay, I'll just go ahead and stay where I'm at. I'm really going to stick to this. And she said, okay, I appreciate that. And that was a conversation and we got it. No problem. Yeah. So she, uh, she submitted it. And then a week later or so they said, okay, we're almost going to double your salary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I can't tell you what that did for my confidence. And it yeah. was such a lesson to me that, I determine my life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if they would have said no, I would have had to quit that contract and find something else. But I think sometimes we, we look at our lives like we're stuck, right? Like I'm Mm -hmm. stuck. I'm just stuck here. I'm not making what I think I should make. I'm just going to keep doing this because I have to have a job. And I think, especially in today's environment, number one, there are so many more opportunities to work in different ways than there were 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And number two, you know, there are people needing employees right now. I mean, so I think not that we just write our own ticket and do whatever we want, but I think that we as women have so much to offer. And I actually just started a new position three months ago 
at my company. And it's placed me in an entirely different team and an entirely different world of the company in, in who I work with. And I was just thinking yesterday about the amount of women that are super sharp and they just get it done that I'm working with now. And I'm just like, you know, that's who we are as women. We have so much to offer, but we determine our boundaries. We determine how that looks for us. Now we can't control if somebody's going to keep us on. We can't control if they're going to pay us what we ask for. Mm -hmm. But we as women have a lot of power to say, these are my boundaries. This is what's good for my family. And this is what I'm willing to do. And you're able to make that bold move and because you understood your value and you understood it because of your faith and because you'd prioritized your family. Exactly. I, I think it all stems from that. I, I really do. And because of that, I felt good. I, I knew that number one, I was making a lot less than the value of my work now because mm -hmm. I had taken on responsibilities and, you know, the market had just increased, although I hadn't increased in, in what yeah, I was making the last absolutely. two years. So, so, and, and then it's also, I looked at it's like, so I'm taking all this time, right. That I'm spending to do this job. It needs to be really worth it if I'm going to do this because that's respecting my family, mm, right? It, mm -hmm. it doesn't respect my family. If I allow myself to be a doormat and I just, you know, work for what I know I'm not worth and, and I just do the work begrudgingly. That is not respecting my family. And it's not a good role model for my kids. And I have to tell you, moms, if you have a daughter, she is watching you closely. I remember when the kids were really little, I could have, I could steal some M&Ms and my son could be, you know, in the same room and wouldn't notice. My daughter could be two rooms away and I'm like trying to just, you know, steal some M&Ms for myself. And she's like, mom, what are you eating? <laughs> Girls watch you so closely. And they, they you know, and, and I remember my daughter in high, when she was in high school, she would say to me, she said to me a couple of times, she goes, mom, it's important to me that you are not insecure. I want to see you secure and strong in what you do. And she called me out once or twice because I wasn't always, you know, there were a couple of times I didn't face a situation as strongly as I should at first. Mm -hmm. And, and that was important to her because she's going to follow my example, whether mm -hmm. she wants to or not in some ways. You know, first Peter, it talks about how it is the spirit of a woman, the internal qualities that make her beautiful, her, the, uh, a quiet spirit that's at peace. It's confident. It's serene. Uh, there's a gentle spirit and that is she understands the power of her words and the power of her influence. And so she dispenses it in a gentle manner, uh, a, a deep and rich faith because she has her priorities established and set. So this whole podcast is all about you sharing your wisdom and your experience and your frame of mind. Cause I think that's so important for women to hear is that how do you approach your faith? How do you approach your family and how do you approach your work? Because how you approach it is so critically important. And so that's why I call this Kim inspiration. Cause you have so much to share in that regard. Well, and, and it's, it's not just, a, it's not about me though. It's really about these time honored truths that God has laid out for us. And, um, I didn't really share, I guess my, my pitfalls today, but 
that will happen you get as to that well. Later, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I want to make a good first impression, but, um, it is, it's true that, that we as women that have our kids raised, right? We do have so much encouragement to offer. And if nothing else to tell moms, what you're doing is the most important thing you can be doing. And it is hard. There are long days, but there are short years. And I cannot believe my youngest is going to be a senior in high school. I look at him, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I only have one more year. This is the last, you know, June I have with him, you know, before he's a graduate and an adult. And I, I have no, <laughs> no say anymore. Yeah, no so, say. But no, that, that's a little extreme. Mom always has say, yeah, no matter what. Exactly. So I, I just think this voice needs to be in our world. Moms need a voice saying what you're doing is valuable. Keep going keep going. You're going to have to make some hard decisions. You're going to have to have some awkward moments. You're going to have to give up some things or put off some things until your kids are a little older. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, if you do that, you will still fulfill so many dreams and passions. You'll do some of them along the way, raising your kids, and then they'll grow up and leave you and you'll have all this time and you'll think I could start a podcast or, or whatever. <laughs> no, but, uh, but it's so important. And I think you and I both really want to share that message to moms. And, and just one last thing I would say is it's really important. Um, fatherhood and I'm obviously not going to talk to that from experience. However, we as moms honoring our family, honoring our husbands, honoring our kids do a lot to empower our husbands to be amazing fathers. And we'll talk about that more. Um, sometimes we as women can be a little nitpicky on guys. Uh, you might have some examples of that, that I may or may not want you to share. And, um, I think it's really important that we realize the influence we have in our families and on our husbands to be those great dads and kids need that so badly today. Yes. Amen to that. So, well, I'm just really excited about the fact that you are going to be doing a podcast where you can share not only the stories of your life that women can relate to and resonate with, but you're going to do it with aplomb. You're going to do it with a focus on the most important things that any woman can focus on. And that is her faith yep. and her walk with God. Uh, really plunging into the depths of the heart of God. Number two, their family, whatever structure family that you have, it doesn't matter. You can always prioritize your family. You can always uh, invest more. And once that part of you is settled, that allows you to thrive in a work environment, whether you're working at home, whether you're working, raising children, whatever your work is, you can do it with a fullness of heart and effort. But if your priorities aren't set straight, then it's really difficult to do. That's right. And that's why you're on this podcast with me some of the time, because you can say things sometimes better than I can. I don't know about that, baby, but uh, I'm just glad that people are going to hear for your heart and your love of God and your love of your family and you loving what you do. I do. All I right. Do. Thank you, everybody, for being here on this inaugural edition, the A number one, the new birth of a podcast. You know what? You have a fourth child now. The podcast? The podcast. Oh. Can it's I like, put it in time out? <laughs> Anytime you want. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, and blessings. Yeah.